0: Hello and welcome to True Crime People and Places, the podcast where we explore the world of true crime from an academic and personal perspective. I'm Linda Sage, a criminal psychologist with over four decades of experience working with some of the most dangerous individuals in the world. This is a fairly new podcast and we are developing the systems and growing our audience, so we appreciate your support and feedback. This podcast may contain discussions of violence, murder, sexual assault and other topics related to true crime. Listener discretion is advised. If you are sensitive to these topics, please be aware that this podcast may be triggering you. If at any time you feel overwhelmed or distressed, please take a break and seek support from a mental health professional or support organisation. Good morning and very warm welcome. We are back again. So uh, a great uh, session ahead of you about stranger stalking. Of course, uh, my, um, my co partner is uh, Lisa K. Bell, with her exceptional uh, insight and knowledge, personal experience, as well as her professional side. And me, I'm Linda Sage, if we haven't met before, background criminal psychology. So we're just about like two sides of the coin uh, looking at uh, these sort of things because uh, I've never had personal lived experience and uh, it's something that. Uh, yeah, sort of fascinates me because I've never really worked with the, the victims either. So, Lise, how are things with you?
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, so uh, we did our event yesterday, which uh, went really well. Um, we, yeah, did our, we did a little bit on stranger stalking yesterday and also around coercive control, which is obviously my bag and my area of expertise. So, yeah, segue into today. We are talking about stranger stalking, which I know you've researched heavily and know quite a lot about. Um, it is possibly a new topic for me, so I will come at this discussion from a, a layman, but also from someone who reads magazines and sees newspaper articles, and I'll look at it in terms of what that might look like in popular culture. Um, so, yeah. So, Linda, do you want to describe stranger stalking? What, what is it? Uh,
0: unfortunately, it's like the, the, the lost crime because it's not acknowledged it's not acknowledged in funding it's not acknowledged in statistics or uh anything really so it's one of the hardest things for people and also majority of people if they uh, are are being stalked by a stranger they actually dismiss it for so long because if you're a celebrity and people start to think oh yes it you know stalking exists and people are interested in their life they want to know more and they get a bit invasive and things like this but yeah, the ordinary everyday person doesn't seem to think oh it'll happen to me and you know this is why it gets missed for so long they reckon that it's about 100 incidents before people start actually taking notice or going to report it so uh, i think least you have a really good saying about it. if it doesn't feel right in you know for yourself in your guts uh, playing up then yeah. it gets
1: it's always that gut instinct, isn't it? You know, if it, if it, I say your solar plexus will tell you everything doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And you know, I haven't had an experience of stalking, but I know there are people out there that have faced this, and it feels like they're under constant silent surveillance, like somebody's watching their every single move. So, I work with victims of coercive control, domestic abuse, and quite often. Um, In terms of stranger stalking, some of the things that they do is where their ex-partner might have put somebody else up to stalk on their behalf. So, yeah, they're they're the type of things that I may come across. And that can be everything from online um, social media through to actually physically being sat outside the house or even inside the house. And I know you'll talk about that in a minute. My bugbear, and I always have a bugbear with some of these topics, is that in day to day life, we um, diminish the word stalking because we use it um, quite regularly. So, if a friend's been looking you up on Facebook or on Instagram, so oh, have you been stalking me? Well, actually, they might have just been looking you up. Um, but we use it in, in popular culture and day to day language, um, which doesn't help actually with the seriousness of the matter. That's my own view. Of this,
0: yeah, uh, very much. I say it's it's a word that uh, before probably about 2015, there wasn't pro- many statistics because people didn't really take this. Uh, the uh, harassment law goes back to 1997, you know, for you and me, perhaps, you know, that seemed like a few years, but it's a long time, you know, and and life and um, has changed in that time an awful lot. Uh, stalking is very underestimated. It's not taken seriously. Even when the victim does come out of this denial that, you know, it's very easy to make excuses or just, you know, it must be me, I'm forgetful, or, I, you know, oh, I don't remember doing that. But, you know, especially if you've got somebody that is invasive and, you know, starts uh, coming into properties. And I think this is a big key that we don't look enough at because when you actually look at the perpetrators that have moved on to either rape or uh, kill their victims, especially within their own home, yeah, you know, they have had burglaries previously. But again, if things aren't taken, if they're just moved, or if things have been put in, you know, sometimes they leave uh, items there. It could, it could be flowers, it could be something. But it's for them to know that you know their their private space has been invaded. But then again, because the police don't give burglary a very high priority, especially if it's a nonviolent burglary, you know. So again, I think it's a a, a source of information of statistics that we don't use because people don't record it and reporting it as well. It's very much a, a postcode lottery, how you actually get supported through uh, any stalking. I, I know, you know, we, we say about the police and they've got thousands of crimes. And at the end of the day, maybe somebody just breaking in in a house and and leaving some flowers doesn't seem an awful good way of, Police resources and they are very tight themselves. But when you start putting it together with other uh, incidents, then you see a pattern. And this is one of the things that the police don't do very well. They don't see patterns and they don't follow dot to dot. So it is so important if you know, anything like your gut feeling is there, or if things start happening that you think, oh, that's a coincidence or oh, that's strange start logging it because your evidence is absolutely key because without it you know if the fact you haven't reported it nobody else knows about it so i think that's one of the 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 key things that gets forgotten for so long and then you're trying to go back and if you're trying to remember back you know what day was that or where was i was that was there somebody else what actually happened yeah so it's really important start taking your information down and this is all stalking but if it's intimate partner stalking especially with the coercive control and that that are linked to it then sometimes it might be difficult to have something private you might have to leave this information somewhere else or you know with a friend or you know do it in code something like this but it's vitally important that you get this information and you keep it somewhere safe because it uh, you will be the one that can link the dots unfortunately especially I know I'm going on a bit here, but, you know, stalkers, um, are people that are victim of stalking in all sorts of ways, do tend to take the blame themselves and they change their cars. They they move, they change jobs. Um, and again, it makes it hard because they might have moved police area because then they're definitely not going to uh, put the links together. So, you know, on, on this, I think you've, you've experienced this, this part.
1: Yeah, and 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 women are more obviously are often more uh, often victims of stalking. One of the things that I think it plays into the hands of, and I've written a blog about this, is what I call the silly girl narrative. So you raise a complaint and it gets diminished and it's almost like, oh, you're overreacting, you're being silly. And it kind of downplays that thing and almost leads to embarrassment so that victims don't want to report any other incidents of stalking because it plays into that silly girl narrative where it's almost like, well this only happens to famous people or on tv shows therefore it can't be happening to you normal everyday person it's not possible um so so i think there's a lot of that at play here one of the things i want to ask you about is perpetrators and i know this is your area of expertise so i'm going to ask the question around um why do people stalk what makes a perpetrator
0: i stalking like every crime has all different types of people and they have different stimuli you know the um the type of person they could be people that are incompetent within their own life they could be jealous uh they could um it could be vengeful. You know something like this, but uh, a lot of it is that they build um, a fantasy or idea in their own head, and especially with stranger stalking, because it might be that you're just being nice. It could be the guy that serves you coffee, and you and you've been nice to him, and then all of a sudden he builds it up, and then maybe if you sit, sit there and you're working. Um, within the area he thinks you're staying there because you know you want to be with him and he's building this up and what happens is we also give a lot of ourselves away online and it, these people are usually quite adept at knowing uh, what people are doing now if you're sat in the coffee shop he can easily quite look over his shoulder if he's clearing tables and see well, what you're working on you know, Things like this, so he can then have a look and see. Especially, you know, if you are posting out on your social media and things like this, you give an awful lot of information away without even thinking about it. You know, taking a photograph, oh, this is my new car, or this is uh, this is uh, the the work I've had done on the house, or, or things like this. It gives them a lot of information, and they're very adept at collecting this information. Yeah,
1: and if you take a screenshot of a photograph. Um and you put it into Google, so a photograph that someone might have posted on Facebook, you can even look, it, it can tell you what location it's in. You know, I think yesterday when we did the um, the workshop, you talked about, you know, someone sending a photograph outside their house of a beautiful rainbow in the background, but you had the house. Someone could snapshot that, put it into Google, and say, right, this is the location. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and also, you know, this day and age that you speak a lot about uh, snapchat and snap maps and things like this but also trackers i mean they are so easy now and we're not even going into cyber stalking because it, it's a whole different ball game. and i think we can we can talk about that a, another day because uh, you know, it's not my area of expertise but I've, i went on a training course for it and i was just blown away about you know just how easy it is to get inside people's houses and you know work and computers and things like this so we're not going there at the moment but it is easy for somebody physically to understand you know your your normal patterns your routines you know following you because we we go about our daily business we really don't take much notice about who's around us and we're not looking for this so if we're not looking for it and, and as you say you know if we do notice things you know people even friends and family around us will be dismissive so it's it's yeah I
1: mean I you know I have this bugbear with teenagers using snapchat and having their snap maps open so people can actually pinpoint the location that they're in and I always tell the example of my daughter's got a friend who had her snap maps open I was friends with her I could tell you what hotel she was staying in on holiday in an entirely different continent um and that is how I mean technology we will cover it another time but I just wanted to get it out there, you know. People, as a mother of a teenager, it does scare me that you know there are these apps that are quite easily accessible to the outside world, and that could be anybody. Yeah.
0: And 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 it's not just the apps. I mean, I was listening to a, a discussion about uh, about this Apple fob that is a a, a finder, you yeah, know. So if you put it on your keys or uh, whatever that you can actually find. But it's very easy to slip it into somebody's bag or a pocket or uh, put it on somebody's car. So And then this is a great gap for every good thing it could be used for. It can also be used with somebody with this mentality can also be more intrusive. So I think one of the good things is a lot of the, uh, because a lot of females, and I know we're talking about females here. Yes, men do get stalked, but the highest number of perpetrators are male and uh, victims are female. But it does it does happen around the other way uh, as well. So but um, uh, cars now, I think most garages, if you drop them in and say that you're concerned, they'll actually lift uh, lift them up and have a look under, uh, under and around the car for you. So it's one of the things that don't assume that it's not going to happen to you. Don't assume that it won't be there. It quite possibly could be. So this is a, is also a progression because the person is getting more confident and they want more information. And uh, I think the whole thing is looking at this as a whole because it is um, a progress of of behaviour. And also, it, not all stalkers get violent. It this and again, this is one of the things that the police, unfortunately. Until there is something violent, they tend to dismiss the um, severity of cases. They don't look at the emotional and psychological effect that, like you said, you know, feeling like you're always being watched, feel that you haven't got any secure area. Um, a stalker, for example, could be that they come and they leave a bouquet of flowers on your doorstep. And everybody's thinking, oh, this is very nice. Oh, look, you've got a secret Amira. How nice. And yeah, you know, this is this is lovely. But it's actually giving you the message, I know where you are. Yeah, you know, you're not even safe here. I know where it is. So there's a lot of different information that can be taken. But if people aren't looking for it, they don't see it. And if you went to the police and reported, oh, I've been left a bunch of flowers, they're not going to look at it as if it is an invasion or if it is something that is likely to be offensive. So, again, taking your information is really important. Lisa, I don't know if you're still with us because you have frozen on my screen. Nope. I seem to be on my own at the moment. So ho- hopefully she will uh, come back and uh, join us again. But I think it's one of the things that um, taking all of these events seriously and yeah, letting yourself believe in these events. So don't dismiss them. Don't put them down to coincidence because uh, it's very easy to do. And in severe cases... Uh, it is about making sure that the the police are informed and again you know people that go back and report and report and report tend to get dismissed quite easily by uh, the police and and saying that they uh, are a nuisance or they diminish the type of uh, reports that they're making and unfortunately people then don't want to go and report it but it is important and Taking that dotted line and making sure it goes through. Because uh, even the, like Alice Ruggles, uh, when you hear her father speaking, he's got the, phone uh, phone calls the 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 recordings that his daughter phoned uh, through to the police and said that she was really scared about um an ex an ex boyfriend that uh, he keeps turning up and literally the police response was what do you want us to do about it and i think things are moving on but they're not moving on enough because as i said before it is a postcode lottery and uh it's unfortunate that. But there is some good uh, support out there. There's some good charities, the Alice Ruggles Trust, uh, Susie Lamplow um, Victim Support. But as I said, unfortunately, a lot of them don't have the funding for the stranger stalking, but they do have people that will be able to talk and uh, work through at the end of the day there's always the stalking helpline which is national helpline they will uh, speak to anybody and also of course the, the samaritans because they are there constantly without any issues at all so you can always get in touch with them don't be dismissive is basically my 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 message because the perpetrator the perpetrators are very cunning and stalking only needs uh two events within six months and trying to get anything through court is so difficult but mainly because there's not an awful lot of uh, help about and there's not a lot of financial support about and trying to get something through to the courts is very difficult have to to pay their own um, expenses so trying to get something into a court like for anywhere between £2,000 and £5,000 and most people don't have that just to lay out. So it's important that taking you through if you get the uh, restricting order again. A lot of the perpetrators are very clever and they will stay just outside that boundary line or they will keep outside of the, the, the six months. So we know people that have actually had stalkers for decades and they just turn up. And again, it's not enough uh, for them with the the police because they tend to dismiss it when there's a break. It could be that this person only turns up once a year. They turn up on a special event, a birthday or an anniversary or something that's important in their mind. Not all stalking ends up in rape and murder. Yes, it does happen, but trying to uh, pin it down before that is so important because then we can you know, hopefully pick pick these things up and it doesn't get to that progression. Lise, we lost you, but it's good that you're back. It's weird. I know the Wi-Fi went down for some reason. So,
1: yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if you've discussed this, but one of the things that particularly when I look at with domestic abuse survivors is that, when they call the authorities, whether that be the police or whether it be in a court situation, whatever it is, that the full end to end stories never looked at. So they rarely go right the way back and look at each piece. So each incident is seen in its its individual basis and not often is a picture created of the whole piece.
0: Yeah. Because I think it's,
1: it's, if it was that would be you know that that would spot some, some warning signs?
0: I think this is really important because you know, I, I call it joining the dots because they don't tend to join the dots. Each incident is looked at individually, it's put there, it's on file, but it's never linked up, and especially, as we said, that uh, people move. And if they move police areas, well, you know, I mean, things are better now because we've got the National uh, Police Computer, but they don't programme the computer to identify uh timelines or um escalation in crimes or a, a person or things like this you know, before one force never even talked to another one so we we yeah. are progressing but we uh, and we do have the technology to start doing these sort of investigation or this linking but it's it's not there as yet and that's why your all- evidence is so important you are the one that's yeah. got your timeline It's almost,
1: you know, if I'm writing a play or I'm writing a book, that you do the whole storyboard. You look at the whole pieces in its entirety because then you can look at the escalation a lot easier and also make links to other incidents as well have they been um, targeting other people. And as you said, you know, victims of coercive control, victims of, of stalking will quite often move. And if that's not picked up from one area to another, say you're in Newcastle, you move to London, then... You know, it, it might be that that stalking is still going on, mm-hmm. but it's not being picked up.
0: Yeah, and, and very often, I mean, the, the stalker will move with you. They're, you know, there's been lots of cases of, of things like this as well. So, and even changing cars, changing registrations. Again, you know, the, the people, when it, it's like all of us, when we're really passionate about something and we're interested in it and we want to find out about it, we get very resourceful. We go out and we make a real effort to do it. But these people are really interested in their victim. So they yeah. really want to get to know them. They really want to, in their mind, this is, this is their entitlement. And that is one of the big things that I found speaking to perpetrators is this, this sense of entitlement. I have a right to know what this person's doing. I have a right to know about their life. I have a right to know about where they go and what they uh, do and who they see and th- and this is a, a real big base and i think you know in coercive control this this comes across quite quite heavily as well so i think there there are links and there are progressions intimate partner obviously you know we have talked about that previously but you know with the um stranger stalking this person still believes that they have a right over another person even if you you know you've had no exchange well Maybe not even exchange with them. It could be as simple as that with the coffee, that these people then yeah. have just this story. I
1: mean, the Jill Dando situation going back many years, that, you know, if that resulted in her being murdered and they think that that was a stalker. And I still don't think they've got to the bottom of who the perpetrator was there. Um, because, yeah, it was a, a really random freak uh, kind of incident as we thought from the public point of view one of the questions i want to ask because this is going out to the general public and i don't want to put the fear of god in the general public so how common is stranger stalking
0: it, it, it's really, well it's not that common but it is still it is still uh, quite a high percentage and i think it's um, to be honest there's no real statistics because not enough people report it and again especially uh, get, going back on the male side of it you know uh, like you say with uh, uh, male uh, domestic uh, abuse or male rape and uh, things like this they don't get reported enough because people are embarrassed or uh, you know, for lots of different reasons. But until we get statistics, until we get people opening up and talking about things, there is never going to be funding. There is never going to be uh, a, a classification, a higher classification of that particular uh, incident because they're saying, oh, not so many people are affected by it. You know, I w- I would think, personally... Uh, it's probably around about the, 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 the 50-50 the with the intimate partner and stranger stalking. But we hear more about the domestic violence, and this is why the funding is for intimate partner stalking and it's not for stranger stalking. It is coming up now for cyber uh, stalking because more people are talking about it and also because of the online frauds and things like this that are, are big news now. So I think it's it's something that's got lost in a pond and it's sort of brushed aside, but we need to talk about it. We need to get more information out there about it because the more it is a headline, the more it is talked about, You know, um, the more uh, information, the more knowledge and also the funding and the support can be there.
1: Yeah, and I think from my point of view as mother of a teenager and also working a lot in school supporting teenagers on these type of topics... It's, you know, what things can we look out for as parents? And I would say, you know, making sure things like Snap Maps are closed down and then they're not open to the public. Making sure that settings on social media, again, are closed down and not open to the public. Now, I'm very guilty of this because I run an organisation, so a lot of my stuff is very open, very public. Everybody can see it. Um, But... From a teen point of view, without the correct sort of mechanisms in place and the emotional um, regulation, it, it's really hard. So I would say close down as much social media as possible. I would never say don't tell a teen to go on social media because that would just be red right to a bull. They just will not listen. Um, you know, it's like you're cutting off their arm. But just making sure that settings are secure as well and not available to the outside world. There are some quite strange people out there in the outside world that have got invested interest in your teens.
0: Yeah. And, and, and also, I mean, most of us in our everyday life don't even think about the, the dark web. You know, we just tend to think the internet is there for information. It's uh, easy access. What time do the buses go, or where's the train go, or where, where's the nearest restaurant, or whatever. We we use it as an information market. But there are people that have completely different vested interests as to the information out there. And I say it could be something as simple as like, you know, oh, I've I've just uh, bought a new car. But for somebody else, that's more information about you. know, your financial situation, also a, a location. So it gives people a lot more information than you think it does. So it's really important that, especially young people, because young people don't see danger, they and they don't expect to be in in that situation. But then again, I don't think most adults do. You know, if you're walking along the street how often do you actually look around and see if the same people are are behind you from one place to another? Even when you're driving, you know, do you check your rear mirror? You, you check it if you're going to pull out or if you're turning or what, something. But uh, how many of us actually know that you know, the same car has been behind us from one place to another place? We, we, just, we don't. Well, we don't because we don't think about it. So I think it's really important that... Perhaps your own awareness is um, heightened and you actually take a little bit notice of you know, your surroundings because it's surprising what you see when you're looking for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that concludes today. We've had a, a an interesting one because I dipped off for a bit and I'm sure you uh, talked about all the stuff from your kind of research and, and uh, perspective. Um, but yeah. Um, interesting topic, but actually a really serious one as well. Um, We will do some follow-ups on this and maybe do a mixture of intimate partner stalking, stranger stalking, cyber stalking, all in one episode so we can uh, condense everything that's uh, been said today, last time and uh, possibly next time as well. Okay, right. Well, thank you all for listening today. My name's Lise Bell, and you can find me at info at soundproofbox.com Dot org so that's info soundproofbox.org linda
0: and uh, yeah, I'm Linda Sage and mine is very, uh, very easy because my, everything uh, for me is just my name because that way I can remember it. So you can uh, Linda at LindaSage.com and also the website there is LindaSage.com. And I know Lisa, we're just going to divert just a little bit because I know that you're also doing work for companies and uh, agencies as well. So if anybody's looking for somebody to come in and talk to staff as uh, and employees as well then uh, you can offer that service now as well
1: yeah particularly around coercive control and how you support survivors of domestic abuse back in the workplace because it doesn't end once they've split up with their partner so yeah that is my area of expertise also work with schools around cyber bullying as
0: well so yeah just contact me on the email thank you great well thanks for joining us and we will be back with you in a couple of weeks as well so take care bye for now Thank you for listening to True Crime People and Places. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, please let us know. See you next time.